HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This program was brought to you by Roberta's Pizza, robertaspizza.com. I'm Damon Bolte, host of The Speakeasy. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. I'm so sorry to hear that. How is Oscar? Oski, your cat, who Oscar I understand is got a bad case of the shakes, huh? Yeah, he had a seizure. He's a little kitten, and, well, he's two years old, but... And for all the crazy cat people out there who've been following the Mike and Judy show on Arts and Seizures... We love our kitties. We do love our kitties. Well, this week we got more arts than seizures, thankfully. Thankfully. Thankfully, we're celebrating the uh, Brooklyn Book Festival. And Brooklyn. Why not Brooklyn? Because no one ever talks about it. Yeah, Brooklyn. <laughs> Brooklyn. Yeah, that, 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 the great unknown borough. It's so folksy that, and down to earth. <laughs> Brooklyn, the brand. It, it got so out of hand, I had to leave it. <laughs> <laughs> and how's that working for you? I'm really not such a fan of Queens yet. And, Hopefully, I will be. And the, and the crazy thing is, I am a new Brooklynite. I just moved to Brooklyn after over three decades, my entire adult life, in Manhattan, what y'all call the city. No, I was, I was a dick. I admit it. I just, you call it the city. <laughs> yeah. Well, what do you call it, Denise? I call it all the city. All the city. All the city. Um, but I used to like you know rib my friends if uh, where you live is so great. How come where you, you call where I live the city? But yes, it is five boroughs, and um, that includes Staten Island, which will be Sadly. the last great outpost, literary outpost, I'm sure. Yeah. And they tame the wilds of Staten Island. But meanwhile, here we are with a couple of our friends who are uh, in part are wholly responsible for the Brooklyn Book Fest, which is going to be next week. Uh, someday September 21st out at uh, Borough Hall Plaza and it's a fantastic event I've enjoyed it every year it's the ninth year is that right? it's the ninth year started in 2006 that's uh, Liz Koch who's the uh, co-founder co-director of uh, the Brooklyn Book Festival co-producer co-producer all those things all those things (laughs) and my old pal Denise Oswald our our, our journey is not yet over Denise oh no (laughs) I know that it's not Uh, Denise is the uh, co-chair of the non- 
fiction, fiction. Yeah. C- a nonfiction committee. That's correct. Okay, and also a member of the literary, literary committee, council. literary council. Sorry, these mm-hmm. committees, these councils. It's like the model UN. I'm we, very. Confused. We meet in a secret, darkened room, and we secretly control got, all of the Brooklyn literary. You guys landscape. are like the Justice League of Brooklyn literary scene. It's We're, a fortress of solitude. Fortress of Bookitude. I got the joke. I got it. I got it. <laughs> how did the How did the Brooklyn Book Fest come about? I, you know, uh, what made you start it? Why Brooklyn? Well, Brooklyn had long has a long literary history and a huge literary community, as everybody knows. And um, in 2006, the borough president really felt like it needed its own book festival. It never had its own book festival, and our we intersected with Johnny Temple at that point, the publisher of Akashic Books, and he also uh, envisioned that for Brooklyn and. We joined forces, and then the Justice League of the Literary Council <laughs> began. Um, it's, a, it's a huge, hard-working crew of people who put hours and hours and hours into collaboratively creating the festival. It's absolutely uh, it's, it's amazing. Have you looked at the, at the schedule? It's yeah. like the Coachella of books. Yeah. Um, no, I really want to get like a golf cart and like drive around like backstage from like oh, you you know, the replacement jazzy. tent to the Brian Ferry tent. Well, you know, I mean, no, it's, it's really crazy, though. I was looking at it, and... It's like these big rock festivals, of which I'm way too old to attend, of course. Um, a book festival is more my speed. But if I want to see Roz Chasse at 11, right, talking about the hilarity and, uh, and the death of uh, her parents, or, pardon, talking about parents, then I would miss Zadie Smith because she's playing at the other end of the pavilion. Right. You know, I That's make, the tough part. These are choices that I have to make. If I want to see Kip Chid um, at noon, I'd miss our old friend Owen Edgerton and uh, Sam Lipsider also talking. Mm-hmm. All people who I'd really like to hear, but I can't see them all. It's our biggest complaint. It's your biggest complaint. It's the biggest complaint, yes. And, you know, people have to go into a restaurant and make choices off the menu, and they have to come <laughs> to the Brooklyn Book Festival and make choices from our programs. It's tough for us. We put the schedule together, and we can't even see It's an embarrassment of, of riches. It's true. So, so I've, I thought, you know, when I first heard about it a long time ago, I thought it would be all Brooklyn writers. But you guys have everyone, like people from all of, not everyone. It's obviously very well curated, but... How do you select who will be part of it? Well, it's distinctly not just Brooklyn. It is the world mm-hmm. because Brooklyn is the world. Um, so we, we this year have authors coming from Australia and South America and all over. But um, the Literary Council really, um, you know, with Denise and all the folks that are on the council, uh, come together with ideas about what great books are coming out that year, who's traveling to the country that may be able to participate. Who, who are you guys particularly excited about seeing i'm really excited about naomi klein yeah her new book is about the intersection of capitalism and global warming and she's doing a 10 a.m talk about it and i am going to be getting up early even though (laughs) i would be there early anyway in my official capacity but i'm going to be there and that's one i want to sit through the entire the entire panel because i think it's going to be amazing and then we have salman rushdie which i'm really excited about him you know and um, there's just there's a lot of incredible people. Dan Harris from ABC News is going to be there with Gretchen Rubin, sort of debating the idea of happiness and whether it's something we can achieve. <laughs> I mean, there's great, great stuff going on. Happiness is trendy now, right? Happiness yeah. is happiness is one of those old, you know, chestnuts in publishing. <laughs> Books on happiness, people love them. But it seems, especially now, every time I like on HuffPo, there's something about like what it means to be happy, exactly. And quit counting your dollars, and you know, it's kind of a little bit of a middle of the road liberal sort of take on Eastern spirituality. 
happiness seems to be yeah. Well, I think right I think we're actually a melancholy is, culture that loves to obsess over why we're not happy, and then I think there's a part of the culture that doesn't even want to think about it. And they're like, no, I'm just happy. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, think, I mean, happiness isn't to me hasn't always been that elusive. I mean, sure, certainly at moments it has been, but the idea that it's happiness is trendy and it's mm-hmm. not always our goal kind of does baffle my mind. <laughs> <laughs> and this is why there's so know, many I, books about. I understand that like salt caramel is trendy because I don't always want it, and mm-hmm. it comes in and out of fashion. But happiness, I don't know. Just how I roll. What about you, Liz? <laughs> Are you happy? Well, I was going to say, coming to the Brooklyn Book Festival makes many people happy. Right. <laughs> we even we had Sarah Silverman one year, and it was pouring rain, and everybody was happy and smiling. So, um, yeah, let me think. Can I even remember what's happening at the Brooklyn Book Festival? I hope so. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Poor Liz have lives great, this. <laughs> you know, 24 hours a day from some of the emails I'm getting. <laughs> yeah, we have a great lineup of comics programming. Paul Pope will be there. Simon Hanselman coming from Australia. Paul Pope with Charles Burns. That's a panel that I definitely want to see. Absolutely, yeah. On the YAN, Scott Westerfeld, who has a huge, not just teen t- fan base, but I think you know people of all ages really go for him. And um, uh, on the in the Borough Hall media room is where we do all our international programming. So uh, who do we have coming there? Wow! Well, it's a it's a huge list. Lauren Bukes from South Africa is coming, and we have a poet coming from Poland, Tommy Waringa from uh, the Netherlands. So there's also that celebration of the international culture of Brooklyn happening that day. Do writers have writers like rock stars do? This one like, does. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Who, who's the real diva? Like the really, the really difficult, like only green M and M's type writers. You know what amazes me is that we deal with almost 300 authors for every festival, and they, by and large, are the sweetest people. They, um, I mean, coming out of a government office where. You know, people call about all sorts of unhappinesses, unhappinesses in their life. <laughs> so uncool to be yeah. unhappy. <laughs> that we're always amazed, you know, how good natured and what a celebratory spirit there yeah. is at the book festival. I, I think for the writers who are coming, I think for the big name writers who agree to do this sort of thing, they do it because they love that kind of event. And for them, I think it's a way to give back, you know, because we, the crowd, are getting more out of it, you know, than they necessarily are. It's one stop of many that they can do for the new writers they love it because it's a chance to really engage with a crowd that loves books you can't have a better audience I think to speak in front of than this audience because you're really like sort of preaching to the choir in this moment there are quite a few debut novelists I noticed on this list as well too and um, if I were a debut novelist or when my first book came out I mean I would be you know jazzed to the teeth to do this gig I mean Mm -hmm. absolutely Right, and we actually intentionally make sure that the big-name authors are not just on the program with other big-name authors, mm-hmm. that we mix them up. Oh, that must be thrilling for a, a young author. I mean. Yeah, oh. and they're, they've all got their ideas to talk about, so it's yeah. great. So there are a lot of comics this year, more than, more than usual, more than last year. I, saw, I noticed a lot of good comics panels. Graphic, um, graphic, I say comics. I include graphic novels. Yeah, you know, it's, that, it's, it's been building, for sure. And also, again, you, I got Charles Burns and uh, Paul Pope against the guy who did the graphic novel about the Kennedy assassination. Now i got to choose. You've put me in a very untenable position, I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> um, does that reflect the popularity of graphic novels? I mean, you guys both have day jobs in the publishing business, right? Mm-hmm. 
Well, I do. I, I, my job is being the co-producer. Of that, the okay. Liz is full-time yeah. on the festival. Oh, wow. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. And then I would say, you know, there's a staff of people who are full-time. They work the festival, and that's their whole focus. But the Literary Council, by and large, and all of the committees are made up of, you know, very well-intentioned publishing people who are taking time out to put this together. I'd like to be at one of those creative meetings. There are a lot of... <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know, they can be fun. You know? There's drinking. And... There's... No. <laughs> Not in a very sober experience putting this together. Yeah, well, I think I, I didn't, you know, we talked about this a long time ago when when our journey together began. That um, I think it's a little bit of a more sober uh, industry than it once was. Maybe I don't think there are as many three martini lunches, lunches exactly, you know, but there are that. definitely a lot of five martini drink states. In the so I think the drinking has just shifted to a more I don't know acceptable hour. But uh, publishing tends to be a twenty-four hour you know lifestyle commitment. It is, and I think you know also that's probably why authors I think by and large are such a good group because it's a very humbling gig to have um, and it's spe- very solitary you spend mm-hmm. all the time so alone. it's so nice to have everyone come together and- I think that says that speaks a lot to where the heavy drinking comes <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, writers you know toil in solitude for months sometimes years on a work and the editor toils in solitude editing that work and you've got this little bit of back and forth and you know when you come together and actually get to have that conversation in person and then greater conversation about books and art and what have you, I think, you know, everybody's just waiting, you know, raring to go. <laughs> Seriously, because after working all day and I work at home um, mm-hmm. writing, it's like, I don't want to go home, you know, and have dinner. I want to go out and have mm-hmm. drinks because it's right. cabin fever. It's like, just want to get out. And, you want um, to suck the marrow out of life, Mike. You know, man. <laughs> man, it's, 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 it's a tough racket. <laughs> um, should we take a quick break? Read yeah, I think we're going to hear, a, we're going to hear a Muppet singing about books. Yes. That's good. Any Muppets at the at the fair this year? We don't have Muppets, but we will have we work um, a, a bad kitty costumed ca- character walking around. Bad kitty. What about what a grumpy cat? You know that was the. I didn't go to BEA this year, which we'll, we'll talk about the the rest of the industry in a second. But I understand. You know, some of America's finest authors had like a handful of people waiting. You know, to see them. The grumpy cat line around the block. We can't afford his writers. <laughs> yeah. No green M&Ms for Grumpy Cat. You're listening to Arts and Seizures on the Heritage Radio Network. Mike and Judy, we'll see you in a minute. This is a Muppet. Some Muppet. Some Muppet. <laughs> I'm not that prepared, okay? <laughs> I love reading books. It's fun. I often read them with my mom. I like reading to explore There's no better way I'm sure I love reading There's so many books to choose Get on board, you just can't lose Books expand your mind, it's true Reading books is good for you I love reading When I'm sitting on my bed I go exploring in my head To Neverland with Peter Pan Then off to Hogwarts with a bang Meet Harry Potter on the way Your Captain Hook, oh what a day See mermaids in the blue lagoon Dance all night by the light of the moon Go down the rabbit hole with Alice Meet the Queen inside her palace To Narnia through a magic door Listen to the lion roar Watch Charlotte spin her spider's web Just before she... My name is Brandon Boy, Co-owner of Roberta's A super duper awesome place Roberta's is a very, 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 very proud sponsor 
of the Heritage Radio Network. We're also super awesome. Thank you, Heritage. Hi, how are you? My name is Andrew WK. They say when things are very delicious, it must be Heritage Radio. <laughs> is that your favorite drop yet? It really is. I love him. He can do no wrong. Um, we're looking now. We're back on Arts and Seizures here with our friends uh, Denise and Liz from the Brooklyn Book Festival happening next Sunday out by Borough Hall. Uh, the Woodstock of Book Festivals. And there's a paper <laughs> I thought program. we were the Coachella the, of Book Festivals. Lo- you, you, you've been upgraded. Is, is there an iPad <laughs> app? Is that, is that even an upgrade? I'm not sure. I'm not even sure. Uh, just don't eat the brown acid at yeah. the Brooklyn Book Festival. Well, which Woodstock? The original? I you hope. Know, not the one. Not the horrible one. You know, I went to, I went to Coachella this year. It was an odd thing. I only went because our friends, uh, the John Spencer Blues Explosion, mm-hmm. invited me. I happened to have to, I was in California and other business. He says, hey, just get in the bus and come with us. And I was fully, un- I was unprepared in every possible way for the expanse of this Coachella mm-hmm. thing. These stages that are the size of like launching pads with a space right. shuttle. And it was like 10 ar- stadiums and arenas and the, the uh, electronic dance music tent. This is the death of culture. This truly is. I mean, it was like the Matrix 3, not the good Matrix. It was like one of the bad Matrixes. And just all these kids with light sticks watching someone at a laptop. Yep. At a laptop. And I'm sure they put a lot of work into it, going into it. But it was very unconvincing. And the worst part was that he was on this giant stage, this DJ. Who was, who was the DJ? Um, this DJ was... Um, oh yeah, Shlo- on, Grandpa. Oh, yeah. Come on. oh, I saw Shlomo. is memorable. It was huge. This guy's huge. Don't, don't ask me. You know, Shlomo? I'm, 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 I'm super annuated out of this genre, like, for sure. Some guy called Skrillex. Right? I don't know. Right? I think he won a Skrillex, you know, I mean, you know, it's hit. But it wasn't somebody I'd heard of. And But the funny thing was they had this giant DJ booth. It was like the, the Roman Coliseum. But when you got behind it, it was you could tell it was just like all plywood like they hadn't seen painted the back so like kind of like if anyone had taken a picture from just behind the stage the gimmick would have gone up in their face you know professional wrestling is fake and so is shlomo <laughs> there uh, is so much going on so when do, when do the festivities really begin you, you were mentioning bookmark um the book bookends, bookends. they kick off tomorrow on monday and they run the whole week they kind of lead up to the big celebration and get everybody in a very excited literary spirit <laughs> <laughs> i'm excited right now very literally i'm looking um, at um, who your sponsors are and i notice who is not present among your sponsors are those wolves who would come in sheep's clothing i'm talking about uh amazon and perhaps apple especially amazon and um corporate publishers not present here mm-hmm. well at&t has been our most devoted sponsor um they made our beautiful new website possible this year. And um, that's why we feature them prominently. We love them. They've been great fans. But this is obviously the emphasis here is on independent uh, publishing. I mean, a lot of these authors obviously publish through, you know, big, big old well, small other writers publishing houses. Are, I mean, it's author-driven. It's author-driven, so I don't think it's really about the big publishers. But I do know that, you know, in the, in the main court where the publishers come to display, that's largely... Independent. independent. Yeah, we have a literary marketplace, and the focus there really is on independent publishers. We have more than 200 who come from all over the country. And also, we use all the great independent bookstores in Brooklyn as our official booksellers. We don't use a big oh, great. Um, brand name. So no Barnes & Noble, but like a Word and Right, Word, Greenlight, Community Book Bookstore, um, Book Court in the past. Oh, not um, the start. Bank Street. Yeah, they're great. They this come, they sell the books stars. for the authors. So, That's fantastic. So who's buying books these days? Are, are people buying books these days? Yeah, they, people are buying books. I mean, do you uh, mean at the festival or I do you know, mean, I mean in, general? in general? In general, let's talk about publishing. Uh, who's reading? I mean, you're having this wonderful depends. festival. I know it's... Uh, depends on the book. It's you know, really it's, hard to make 
a blanket statement, yeah. you know. I mean, still to this day, it is, you know, generally considered that your biggest readers are, you know, adult women, you know, at the end of the day. You know, women, I think from, you know, I think 30 to 50 is your prime target marketplace. But, you know, mm-hmm. then there are books that speak specifically to men or young children. I mean, obviously, YA is having a huge moment, particularly dystopian YA, you know. We're just coming out of, I think, that whole strange S&M erotic fiction thing. <laughs> 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 wow. On the adult the side. But you know, there's a whole new category. This kills me. It's called new adult. And I think, you know, the emphasis um, is really on these sort of like the sexual coming age of, of, <laughs> of, of teenagers. And it's, it's an incredible category. And I think it was really prompted by the success of the Twilight books. You oh, know? not and these Fifty ki- Shades of Twilight. No, 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 no. Because these kids are sort of grappling with their sexuality and whether to have sex or not. And then all of a sudden, within a year or two, everyone's talking about young adult, young adult, you know, or new adult, rather, new adult. And, you know, it's just really interesting to see that as often as we think as publishers, you know, oh, the, the book marketplace is just, you know, the incredible shrinking marketplace. There's something new every year. Yeah, I think, it, I, mean, I think it's great. Anything that gets young people to read it, I'm, I'm oh, yeah. for. Yeah, I mean, look, Harry Potter has gotten so many kids to read. And it's adults, not my thing, and but... And adults. And adults. Yeah. I've, got, I've got the complete series there. Yeah. And I think Game of Thrones. I mean, people are... And, devouring what is an incredibly long series of fantasy books that are also be very well done and have real historical references. And I think it's getting a lot of people to read who weren't reading before. I haven't really tuned into Game of Thrones yet. But it's on the list because I fear. It's good. I, I, I fear not. Um, is that considered YA? No, it's no, not. no, 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 no. I'm more my point, like genre. Right, just, right. just but, these these book series in in particular. But the, I but think, the Hunger Games, I went, I went for. Oh, Hunger you know, Games is great. I read know, them in like a week. Hook, line, and sinker. I went yeah. right for that, and um, and, the, and the movies are actually pretty good as, as well. Mm-hmm. I thought, and I like it. I have a niece who's very into that. And, yeah. Um, then she took me to a movie called uh, Divergent, which I guess is another mm-hmm, similar mm-hmm. thing, but it seemed a little kind of like watered down version of like celebrate, but it's still celebrate being different. Yeah. Which well, is a good message for great, kids. I also think they're great nowadays. You know, I wish I had these female role models when I was a kid. Because they're more that, the kind that I would have wanted back then. You know, these sort of strong, feisty women who, you know, weren't sort of, you know, awkward in a dress trying to, you know, yeah. wait yeah, for somebody to come rescue them. They're just like taking the bull by the horns. <laughs> I think yeah, I mean, I read a lot as a kid. I just remember just loving Judy Bloom so mm-hmm. much because mm-hmm. it was like the first books that talked about periods mm-hmm. and, um, you oh know. Oh, my God. Sorry, my <laughs> Periods, periods, periods. <laughs> hence, I, hence her appearance uh, on many band book lists. <laughs> I fear not your woman problems, Judy. Um, <laughs> I noticed that uh, another heritage person is on our list here, Grace Bonney, who hosts the show here. She's going to be doing an event. Uh, what is that? A powerhouse. Is that a, is that a book on, end event on as Wednesday? Well? Yeah, one of the bookends. Well, you know, yeah. you know, I think it's great. It's you know, we're so fortunate. During this show, we've made so many friends with so many people, and we know all these bookstores. You know, we've all done gigs with them at one time uh, or another. I see. I see. You have a reception for librarians, which I think is fantastic because librarians are the unsung heroes of this whole racket. I they truly thought. are. They turn so many kids onto books, and so we do this special reception for them each year. And this year, the perfect combination was having Jonathan Lethem with the school's chancellor, Carmen. Farina, who was his fourth grade teacher. Oh, wow. And he dedicated his first book to her. Um, So they'll be in conversation if you're a librarian. (laughs) (laughs) Otherwise, sorry. Or or somebody who loves them. Otherwise, Jonathan will be on the program with Jules Pfeiffer. Oh, that'll be good. That'll be a great one, too. Hey, I couldn't do what I do without the New York Public Library. I mean, they're absolutely, you know, and my experience with librarians across the board, they are the salt of the earth people. They do it because they love it. It's not the most remunerative uh, gig in the world. 
pays slightly more than poet, I think. <laughs> um, <laughs> Debatable. Um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, the New York Public Library uh, that needs to be celebrated. Libraries all over the world Absolutely. need to be uh, celebrated. Um, and the Brooklyn Public Library has been a great partner for us, and they're doing bookend events as well throughout the week. They're doing a pitch a palooza where you get a few minutes to pitch your book. And and uh, so, what, what I've always been curious about these. I mean, I've pitched books before and sold them, but like, what what happens there? Do they help you refine your pitch? This is actually a competition, so the, the the one that gets selected gets a meeting with an agent. Oh, that's great. So it's sort of like a reality TV show for authors. It is authors. like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, the, so there'll be a lot of fighting and throwing of wine in each other's faces. Table flipping. No wrestling ring set up this year, huh? No, no, no not no, this no, year. No, no but no we will, we're having an illustrator smackdown at Greenwood Terrace. Right. Greenwood who's, Park. Yeah. Who's going to be part of that? Is it... Um, Paul Ozolinski. It's children's book illustrators. Oh, okay. So there'll be one-on-one battling with other children's book illustrators, but it's a good time to have a couple beers. And- Speaking of il- illustrators, Charles Burns, do you guys see the Last Planet of the Apes movie? And mm-hmm. you know, Black Hole was yep. like, featured in that. Can someone explain to me what that was about? Because that just sort of, for me, came out of nowhere. I'm like, and I, I, I admire Charles Burns very much, and Black Hole is something of a, of a masterpiece. And it was just like, all of a sudden, sort of like going to be the new Bible for the monkeys. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm prepared to comment on that. <laughs> Well, I may, have to, I may show up Sunday at the Broken Book Fest just to ask that specific question. Bring, you know, bring, bring a crate. Stump it on your own, Mike. Come on, get out there. Well, hey. <laughs> Go rogue. <laughs> uh, so tell us uh, a little bit, too, about your, your work. Got a new gig at a new, it's your old gig at a new imprint, Denise. And, um, oh, same imprint, new name. New name? Yeah. And how's, yeah. how's it going over there? Because you've done some amazing books over oh, the years. Thank you. I, could, I consider you an entirely rock star editor. Oh, thank you. And, and, whatever, and whatever, whatever my career is, such as it is, whatever success I've had, I owe in large part to Denise. Oh, that's, that's very kind. Well, it's always been great working with you, Mike. Uh, and your books are fantastic. And, you know, your voice is amazing, as we can all hear on this radio. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's been great. I've been over at HarperCollins at the Day Street imprint. I do a lot of rock and roll books these days. I'm doing a book with Gene Simmons in the fall. Oh, uh, God. Yes, business book. And then because clearly I'm a glutton for punishment, I'm also doing a book with John Lydon in the spring. <laughs> oh, um, that'll be fun, I yeah, bet. Yeah, he's doing a new memoir. It's like a real memoir. He did one book about I 20 read years his ago. Memoir. Yeah, but it was kind of a quasi oral history. You know, suddenly you have Chrissy Hind in there telling parts of the story that. Maybe you can't remember. I don't it was know. very disorganized. Yeah. And, so and they th- cut a lot out in the American version. Yeah. So this is really the soup to nuts story of his life. And it's fantastic. And it's really funny because now he kind of speaks from this elder statesman mm-hmm. kind of position, which is hilarious just to think of John Lydon in that, in that role. <laughs> um, but it's very smart and very thoughtful. And it covers everything from his childhood to the current day. So not to just Jesus Christ superstar. That- yes. Yes, that was the strangest <laughs> yes. thing. Well, yes. you know that's a, that's a weird story to tell. I mean, his story. I mean, all. I mean, Public Image, which I thought was a tremendous band when they came out of the mm-hmm. gate, and I, I loved it. In fact, just packing up and moving, I found my copy of the Metal Box, oh, yep. and you know, which was so sealed tight, like I really had to like get a fork out to open it up again and uh, get those bass grooves back on. But then, like, it kind of turned into a bad disco band, and he was doing all these other kind of these weird things. Yeah, I mean, it did. Let's face it. it was, well, he's it was explore- of, he's exploring his other interests. Out of the gate, it was like an unbelievable post punk avant garde project, and it turned into resting on his laurel. And you know, and, and I think he's an okay guy. I think he is probably very smart and thoughtful. But what do you? I mean, what do you think about editing a guy who's in the Sex Pistols who kind of turned us on to like the whole 
In what that, sense? That part of the Cultural Revolution. I mean, I think... I wow. mean, this is what editors live for. Yeah, you want to work right. with these people that you admire. I mean, I try and keep it to, you know, people who... I want to listen to them for 350 or 400 pages. You know, <laughs> I want to hear their views about culture and where they came from and, and, the, and the, the scene that they helped create, you know, and what happened when they let it out of the box run free, you know, because they all have thoughts on that, too. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's fantastic to yeah, have that kind it's, of it's intimate incredible, access. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I, w- I can't wait to read that. Yeah. So, I hope he is a very coherent ghostwriter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he's writing every word himself. Um. I'm sure he's snarling every word himself. Yes, right. Well, as always, it's been the fastest 30 minutes on the internet today. And I want to ask everybody, invite everybody to come out next week. Next uh, it's, um, Sunday. Sunday the 21st. Starting tomorrow. They can start looking and, at, the, at yeah. your website, right? Brooklyn Book Brooklyn, Fest. Brooklyn yep. Yep. Great events at night. Lots of fun bookends leading up to the festival. Those have more of like a kind of loose vibe. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of them are in bars and, you know, they're kind of drinking with fast and free. And then Sunday is the, you know, the day of panels where you're going to get to come out and see, you know, really like some of your favorite writers are going to be there. And, you know, and also these some of these venues are really beautiful, too. We yeah. get pass into some of these places like Brooklyn Historical Society. They're great. Guaranteed there will be more talent square foot that weekend than any other place in America. <laughs> America. And a lot of it's going to be drunk, so <laughs> come so on. After the festival, Mike. Uh, once, once again, it's Arts and Seizures for uh, Judy and Liz in the booth. This is Mike. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archive programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.